says, listen, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to show you my love. And I want you to let me serve you and let you experience that love. And now I want you to go out and do as I have been doing. And this, my friends, is the spirit-filled life. This is the life of the people of God. This is being the church. You and I going and doing as Jesus does. It's really quite amazing that you can find a video on the internet to teach you just about anything. Well, in today's message, Pastor Daniel shares that you don't need a video to learn how to love and serve the people around you. You just need to look at Jesus. He is the ultimate example of love in action. Jesus showed you his love and filled you up. And now you have the great privilege of living out that example as you serve others. Now here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 13 as he continues his message, The Need for Justice. I'm like, Grandpa, your feet are nasty. And he said, my feet are old. You know, it's like, okay, like, what am I, what am I going to say, right? And so sure enough, I go down there, and I got all the tools in the house. Like, I got, like, the big, like, the serrated meat cutter, because I'm like, man, this is going to be bad. Like, you couldn't just bring a little cuticle knife or something. This thing is, like, big, honking toenail. And I'm like, I'm, like, going to work. I could just imagine the video of it. You'd be seeing, like, smoke and toenail flying. And I'm like, crap, is it hurt? He's like, I don't feel anything. And it was work, man. It was gross. Right? So every time I think about Jesus washing the disciples' feet, I think about my grandpa's perpendicular toenail. And you got to realize, this was long before, like, antifungal cream. I mean, these guys were fishermen. They weren't dudes going to get a mani-pedi because they're those kind of guys. Like, it it was a nasty job. And Jesus volunteered for it. Why? Because he loved them. And you know what? I would love to say that I just love my grandpa. And so I love doing his toenail. Man, I'm scarred from that stuff. I told Lynn, I'm like, if my toenails ever look like that, you can just cut my feet straight off. I ain't going to the doctor to get my toenails cut. And I listen, I love my grandpa, but, you know, I didn't love that job. I wish I did. I wish my heart was so much like Jesus. Like, I love my grandpa. He's my grandpa. One of the coolest guys I ever met. A role model for my life. But I was just like, this is gross. And every time I think about Jesus washing Peter's and Andrew's and Matthew's, Matthew probably got a pedicure because he was a tax collector. All the rest of the guys are nasty, you know, nasty feet. But Jesus did it. He simply stepped up. It was unprecedented for a master, a leader, the person presiding over the meal to do this. But listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5.13. Frames it so perfectly for us. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love serve one another. 
For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's powerful, isn't it? See, the reason we don't serve today is because we'd rather use our freedom not as an opportunity to serve, but as an opportunity for the flesh. We'd rather not serve. We'd rather serve ourselves. That's my right. But he says, through love, serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in this one word that we're focusing on. To love our neighbor as ourselves. To live outwardly in such a way that we bring justice and fairness to the world because we don't just say we love people and put it on our Facebook page, but we actually roll up our sleeves and do something. See, service is love in action. And so Jesus is washing his disciples' feet. Now, look at what happens in verse 6. And when he came to Simon Peter... And Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you don't understand now. But you will after this, verse 8. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean. I love Simon Peter. I think that if I was the only person in God's heart when he created all this and when he created the apostles and chose them, and I know that I wasn't, but if I was, I think he chose Simon Peter just for me. You know why? Because Simon Peter is a classic train wreck. It's like he has these great moments, and then he has these, like, he just gets out ahead of himself. Like, I always say that Peter's got foot and mouth disease. You know, like, he puts his foot in his mouth, and then he takes it out for a second, and he puts the other one in. He's impetuous and passionate. Like, remember when they see Jesus after the resurrection, and Jesus is on the seashore? What does Peter do? He jumps in the water, swims to him. The boat gets there before him anyway, but Peter's soaking wet. Like, and I feel like that in my life. I'm that guy. Like, where it's like, I'm just like, oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I'm such a train wreck, Lord. And so I say that because I think some of you feel the same way. God chose Peter. He knew Peter was going to be a royal train wreck. Peter gets it right and he gets it wrong. And here's a great example. Peter gets it right. Jesus shows up at Peter. Everybody lets Jesus wash his feet except for Peter. And Peter's like, are you going to wash my feet, Lord? See, Peter realizes that what Jesus is doing is not normal. Jesus is the Lord. He's the teacher. He's presiding over the meal. The person who's running the show should not be the least foot washer. So he's like, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus is like, listen, what I'm doing now, you don't understand, but you'll get it later. And he's like, Lord, you are never going to wash my feet. He's just like, Lord, this is completely out of order with the way this is supposed to go. You, my Lord and Savior, do not wash my feet. And Jesus says, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. Wow. See, Jesus isn't talking about the foot washing. He's talking about him washing Peter and the apostles and all who would believe through the finished work of the cross. Brothers and sisters, listen. You need to let Jesus serve you. Let Jesus serve you. And Jesus serves you by washing you of your sins. Now listen, 
Every single person realizes that through the course of life, in the details and the things that go on, we get dirty, we get soiled. And every religion and every idea in your life says, how do I get cleansed from all of this dirt that I've taken on? Sometimes it's our own decisions, there's other people's decisions, and we have baggage from the past, and our parents, and my last boss, and my uncle Sammy, and this guy, and that person, and this thing, and everything in life, you start to feel over time, man, I picked up all this baggage, right? And then at some point, everybody says, I need to get clean. I need to get cleansed. And then religion starts. All these different ways. How do I get cleansed? How do I come to terms with who I am and what I am and how I got here and how people treated me? Some of you are like, well, no, no, I don't do that. But you just self-medicate. Just drink, smoke weed, numb out with entertainment, trying to figure out how not to deal with who you are when all that stuff shuts off and you're you. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus is God's way of making you clean. And you can try everything else. And I say that because I tried it. I'm like, what does Buddha say about getting clean? Okay, so I got to sit down. I got to think about nothing. And if I think about nothing long enough, it's all going to make sense. Listen, I went to free vegetarian meals with Hare Krishnas. Like, if you were to follow Muhammad, then you can't eat any meat. You got to make sure you go to one specific place in the middle of Saudi Arabia. And that's how you get clean. Like, you go through the list, right? Or if you're... A young person today, you just write Facebook posts with all your angst about how angry the world is, and that's your cleansing. That's what the younger, my generation does. We just get angry on social media, and we Snapchat ourselves, and that's it. And that's the way to salvation. You know what it's like? Every time you try and make yourself clean with something other than Jesus, you're still just dirty, but you're covering it up. I got a great story about this. My son Obadiah, I love him. He's a total dude. He's so fun. Obadiah is so fun. So Obadiah, those of you who raise boys, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you who haven't, you need to know this. So little boys, when they take a shower, they don't use any soap, right? It's like if the water just runs over you, you're clean, right? Every parent of boy, you know that's true, right? Everyone's like, yeah, that's nasty, right? So Obadiah, sure enough, Obadiah can take the longest showers that absolutely accomplish nothing, right? And so what we end up doing is, as me and Lynn, we decide that with Obadiah, that when he comes down and he says he's taking a shower, we need to do like the little sniff test, which is kind of nasty when you know he's not using any soap. But as a parent, you just take one for the team, right? So every time Obadiah comes down, did you, did you use soap? Oh, yes, I did. Right? And so this one time he comes down and he's like, Mom, I took my shower. Lynn's like, did you? He's like, yeah, I used soap. And she's like, you're a liar. Because we believe in calling sin, sin in my house. So we just thought, you're lying. So he went over and Lynn sniffed him and he smelled like he was still had his ears in the creek in the backyard. It was nasty. So Lynn's like, go back upstairs and use some soap. And so sure enough, Obadiah goes upstairs. He comes back down. Like 30 seconds later, I'm all clean. And Lynn's like, there ain't no way that you're clean. And so she walks over to him, she sniffs him, and he smells pretty good. And Lynn's like, wow, I must have lost, you know, like when you have other little kids, you lose some time, you know? And then sure enough, about 15 seconds later, Obadiah's like, ow, ow, ow. And Lynn's like, what is wrong? And she's like, I'm itchy. And she's like, what do you do? He's like, I sprayed air freshener on myself. 
and Obadiah is like, ah, ah, and she's like, go in the shower, and he's in the shower in the hot water, he's screaming. Now, don't tell Obadiah I told you this story, okay? But he's trying to be clean by just covering up the fact that he's stinky. And that's exactly what you do when you don't say yes to Jesus. You're just trying to cover it up. But the problem with air freshener is it burns on your skin and it doesn't actually make you clean. And Jesus said, look, I want to serve you. I want to wash you, but you've got to let me. And I think for some of us, you're so busy spraying air freshener and you're so busy burning that you don't even realize that you can actually be cleansed and be giving a brand new life in Christ. But our culture is so good. Just cover it up. Just cover it up. Just cover over it. Nobody will know. You know. And God knows. Will you allow Jesus to serve you? Because Jesus says, look, what I'm doing right now, you don't get. You will later. But if you don't let me wash you, you don't get let me wash you. See, he's washing their feet. He's talking about cleansing them with his blood, the blood of Jesus that cleanses a person from all unrighteousness, the blood of Jesus that takes somebody who's got all sorts of issues and makes you white as snow. God's ultimate cleaner is Jesus. Let him serve you. He serves you by saying, I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to fix you up. I'm going to do I know that you're all, you got so much cover up on you. It's going to take some time, but I got the pop. Mr. Clean is the man behind the shine. He can do it. But you notice what Peter does in here? Peter's like, first he says, don't cleanse me. And then he says, well, Lord, if you're going to cleanse me, might as well do the whole thing, right? Not just my feet, but my hands and my hands. See, Peter is totally off the reservation. He doesn't get it. See, Jesus is like, bro, you already took a shower today. This is only just your feet, right? As you said, if you've already bathed, you don't need me to do the whole thing. You just need me to do your feet. See, so Peter, he's missing the point. And I think what's interesting is I think a lot of Christians miss the point, like Peter does. If you're here today and you said yes to Jesus, then you are clean. And the problem is, is you keep living like you're not clean, but you really are clean. And you're overcomplicating the situation because Jesus has cleansed you. And I love what the Lord says to him. He says, listen. All I need to do is wash your feet, and you're clean. But not all of you, because he knew that Judas wasn't. Judas did not allow Jesus to cleanse him. So he wasn't clean. Will you let Jesus serve you? Will you allow? Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 to 28. I love this. Whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you shall be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, Jesus is saying, look, you want to be great? Then be a servant. Because I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. So notice, before I tell you to go serve other people, I'm saying, first you need to let Jesus serve you. Because Jesus will take you, he will cleanse you, and then he will fill you with his Holy Spirit, and he will send you out as his ambassador into the world. Before you serve other people, you need to let Jesus serve you. And he has already done the work, but the application of the work is up to you. If you say yes to Jesus, then Jesus applies his finished work to your life. And I think there's many of you in here today, today's the day you're going to let Jesus apply the finished work 
that he has done to your life. That's by you saying, Lord, I will allow you to serve me and cleanse me. Now, look at how this moves from here. In verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Brothers and sisters, we need to go and do as Jesus does. We need to go and do as Jesus does. You see how this is the mission part. This is us loving our neighbors as ourselves. This is us living outwardly. Jesus has served us because Jesus' love is not just in words, but in action with his life, with his death on the cross, with his resurrection. And then he says, listen, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to show you my love. And I want you to let me serve you and let you experience that love. And now I want you to go out and do as I have been doing. And this, my friends, is the spirit-filled life. This is the life of the people of God. This is being the church. You and I going and doing as Jesus does. Listen to Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, After his death and resurrection, Jesus told him, listen, don't go anywhere. Wait right here. And then the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you're going to receive power to be my people, to be the church in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. So right where you are, a little bit farther out, a little bit farther out, all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, you and I can't go and do as Jesus does without the power of the Holy Spirit. And my friends... We need the testimony of the people of Jesus to be Jesus-like. And the main reason that people do not believe in Jesus is because when they read the testimony of our lives, they don't see the reflection of Jesus. And my friends, that's the problem. See, if we want justice fairness in the world, then you and I need to live as Jesus lived, empowered by the Spirit that empowered Jesus as well. And I think for too many of us, we're trying to do the Christian life in our own strength. I know that I've tried, and I continue to try. It's not like, hey, I'm always in the Spirit. No. Sometimes I just get trying to do it on my own. And you know what it gets me? Nowhere because I can't keep it up. But then I remember, Jesus says, you guys get what I've done? You get what I've done? If I'm your Lord and teacher and I wash your feet, I want you to wash each other's feet. I do this as an example for you. And I believe that Jesus, that same example is here with us. I want to give you some action steps 
Because I think this is important, because you hear a message like this, and before you know it, 50 of you are signing up to serve in kids' ministry. And don't get me wrong, you should sign up and work in kids' ministry, or in student ministry, or a greeter, or an usher, or you should come to Second Saturday, or you need to take a bag for our Love Now service project, or you're going to do this thing, and all this other stuff. There's a million needs. But I want to give you some action steps. First, I want you to serve the people who are in your immediate vicinity. Start right there, because what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to jump out and do something and neglect what's right in front of us. Like, if you're married, serve your spouse. If you're a parent, you're already serving your kids, so at least do it with a joyful heart. If you're a child, serve your parents. That's a novel concept, isn't it? All the kids are like, Fusco, come on. Serve your parents. At school, do you serve your teachers and your classmates? When you're at the grocery store, if you see somebody in need, I just had this happen. It was so fun. Talk about living outward, right? So we're in the supermarket, right? And the beauty for me is that I realized that Crossroads is a big place, and there's all these people who watch online, so I don't know everybody who knows me. So sure enough, Annabelle had a meltdown in the grocery store. So she's like two, right? It was one of those meltdowns where it was so unnerving and catastrophic that Lynn's like, can you just take her out of the store? It was one of those, right? And so sure enough, I just grab Annabelle and I pick her up and I put her over my shoulder. And I'm like, it's okay, sweetie. And then somebody from the church who I know is like, oh, it's one of those days, huh? This is how you live when you're not in the pulpit. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. You know, I I got her like this. I'm holding on. and, And then sure enough, and Annabelle, she's losing her brains. It was, I never knew a two-year-old could lose their brains this bad. So finally, I look over at, at this sweet family, and I'm like, I'll pay you to take her home. <laughs> and you'll never believe it. Annabelle got so quiet. Like, she just stopped. Silence. And they're like, oh, she heard that. And I'm like, I will give you to her right now. And I started laughing, and we, and we laughed, and Annabelle, I'm like, Annabelle, you know I love you. I will visit you on Christmas, though. <laughs> and then I started thinking, I'm living out in the world, and I'm the pastor at Crossroads, and I'm trying to sell my kid in the supermarket. <laughs> and, I started, and I started thinking about this message, I started repenting, and I said, Lord, I'm a train wreck. I was not doing as Jesus would have done at that moment. I was having fun. I wouldn't really sell her, unless you give me good money for her. That's good. (laughs) But what does it look like for us everywhere that we are to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel finished out today's message about service by reminding you that you can't do this on your own. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit to give you everything you need to love and serve as Jesus did. Pastor Daniel shared that you should start by serving the people closest to you, your family, friends, and neighbors. You also learn that people notice when your words match your life. When you live empowered by the Spirit and love well, you'll prove that Jesus is real and at work in the world. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here to tell you about my book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. You've heard me talk about these three directions for living again and again on Jesus is Real Radio, and I think they're so important. I wanted to write a book to explain even more. 
Upward, Inward, and Outward teaches you the importance of developing a right relationship with God and how that teaches you to love yourself well. From those two healthy relationships can spring a well of love for people around you. And that's what transforms our world. Find out more and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will discuss our need to express who we are. Whether it's through appearance, musical preference, or anything else, you're always showing other people who you are. Pastor Daniel will share that your need for self-expression is satisfied with creativity. And when inspired by the Lord, this will bless the world. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue this teaching called The Art of Living next time. Until then, may God bless.